I was good on the outside, but inside was a, a, just a, a war that was going on constantly. I dabbled in drugs. I dabbled in alcohol. I dabbled in all these different things. And I actually used those things to actually go to sleep at night. And part of the reason I had such an, a quote unquote addiction to those substances is because I wanted to sleep. Welcome to Unquenchable, where we discuss all things biblical theology, listening prayer, and Christian living. Each week, we'll share a discussion, an interview, or a story that will feed your spiritual curiosity, helping you to better understand the Bible and receive inner healing so you can grow in intimacy with Christ through prayer. Welcome to Unquenchable. This season, we've been talking about how we came to learn about listening and inner healing prayer. It started out sharing a bit about our own testimonies, about how Jen and I had learned to pray through things ourselves and listen in prayer. And then it started to grow, and we started to pray through things with our students. And more and more, as I saw the needs in my students, I would invite them in, and we're just blown away by the things that were happening. And this story is no exception. This student had been missing my classes, and I asked him, what's going on? And in years past, I would have been tempted to come down hard on him and you know, suggest he needs to be more responsible, and I would assume he was doing something like playing video games or something like that. But this was an older student. This was a military student. And so I knew that there was a bit of a past here. And so that combined with my new knowledge about prayer, I asked him, so what's going on? And he said, well, yeah, I just, I'm just struggling with sleep. And as I probed deeper, I found out that he had been struggling with sleep for 15 years. And, and I said, well, you know, sleep's not your real problem, right? And he said, yeah, I know. And so I invited him to pray through things with us. And he didn't take me up on it right away. But Jen and I were doing this thing where we had the students go to their own churches every Sunday, listen to the sermon, and then come back and ask questions. And we would discuss theologically the questions that they had. And we had this student. He showed up. And so as he stuck around for the Q&A, he stuck around afterwards, and we ended up praying through his issues of sleep. And so now six years later, here we are again with a student in an interview. Can you tell me a bit about what led up to our prayer session together? Do you remember that? What led up to the prayer session? There were several times, and I loved the Gospel of John class. It was literally to this day still my favorite class that I ever took. That class changed my life, and I loved the Gospel of John. But I wasn't missing on purpose, and I wasn't sick. I was having these deep sleeps where you know, something happened the night before or, um, and I would be, I think, I think we had a, like, it was a 10 o'clock class and I was sleeping until like one o'clock in the afternoon. Yeah. Yeah. And I think it happened like two or three times Yeah. before you were like, Hey dude, what's going on? Yeah. And I said, well, you know, sleep's not your problem. Right. And you're like, yeah, I know sleep's not my problem. And I invited you to come and pray through things. And I really didn't know what yes. was going to happen. You know, I, I don't, I'm not a sleep expert, but I just had faith that the Lord would show you whatever it was. And I remember the first prayer session we had where, um, you know, I just closed my eyes and um, what happened was, is just, it's, it's surreal. You know, I can remember it clear as day now, man, when I, and I remember you asking me questions as we went through it and you weren't provoking any thought, you were just allowing it to occur. And you were asking questions in reference to the specific items that I was seeing and you were asking specific questions. And each time something like that was being asked, 
there was an action that occurred thus forward. Mm -hmm. And I just remember you sitting in my dining room as we're praying through things, you saying like, man, this is so freaky. This is so freaky. I've never yes. let my mind do this before. This is so weird. I, and I definitely remember that. Yeah. And you kept opening your eyes and looking around as though like, am I, am I hypnotized? You're like, it's like, this is like such a vivid dream. I mean, we're in it right now. And, and the, and the thing that would like struck me most was like around your garden, there was this demonic century guarding. And you just like said, I've never seen clothes like this. It's like these ethereal garments that he's wearing. Yes. And you said like, but I'm just so intimidated. And I didn't, yeah, I was scared. Yeah. And I didn't introduce Jesus into the situation, but I said, can you go up to the garden? And you're like, I don't know. I'm afraid. And is there any way that you could? And with Jesus, you could. And so it was yeah. interesting because I expected Jesus to come up and dismiss the guard, but it was as though you with Jesus beside you felt the strength that you could dismiss him as though the guard was there always by your authority anyways, that you would put him there to guard your heart. That's true. Yeah. That's true. Yeah, yeah, that's true. I remember that because specifically, and I think we even talked about it. I definitely put that, that soldier there. Yeah. I definitely put that. And that was a demonic thing. Yeah. I put there some, something mental within me spiritually. I put that there as a protection over my heart. Mm -hmm. And, um, what I remember so vividly was that it was so freaky because of how it was like, I was actually inside of a, of a live action movie, mm -hmm. you know, like a, like a real life scenario mm -hmm. was transpiring when my eyes closed. Yeah. That's what that I think even to today, that's the, what I can remember the most is just how euphoric mm -hmm. maybe the, the right word. It was like something beyond myself mm -hmm. that I couldn't, I couldn't control. Yeah. Right. I was letting myself be um, guided by and and in my opinion would be the spirit. Mm -hmm. I was letting the Holy Spirit guide that, and He was using my mind and my heart and all the different uh, pieces of me as a human being to give me peace. Mm -hmm. I remember a soldier going away, and I remember this tension uh, coming off myself that was just uh, freeing. And I remember once you got into the garden that it was as though you had something behind you that you're afraid of. There was like this abyss that was behind you and it was just this big emptiness. And I asked, well, can you get rid of it? And you're like, well, it's strapped to me. And I said, well, can you be able to unbuckle it? Or is there anything you can do? And you're like, yeah, I can unbuckle. It. I can give it to Jesus. And you gave it to him. Yeah. I remember that. Gosh. And I remember walking down a pathway and there was this uh, big castle. I walked in, there was tons of people. And I remember just waiting and, uh, you know, someone just walked up to me and took me to a room and I laid down. And, uh, you know, it was this upstairs room in the castle then that he took you up into and just told you to sleep. And you got the sense that this castle wasn't the destination, but this was just the place that was part of the way to wherever you're going. I remember that because since that day that we prayed together, I've been able to get six to eight hours of sleep on a regular basis. Mm -hmm. And it was, I think it was actually more than 15 years um, that that was going on in my life where I would routinely get between two to four, two to three on average, and then I would crash one day a week. And there was seemingly nothing I could do. It felt like there was nothing I could do about it. I would take uh, melatonin. I would take, you know, and, you know, you know more about my past uh, than probably other people that are going to listen to this, mm -hmm. but um, 
I dabbled in drugs. I dabbled in alcohol. I dabbled in all these different things. And I actually used those things to actually go to sleep at night. Mm -hmm. And part of the reason I had such an, a quote unquote addiction to those substance that those substances is because I wanted to sleep. Mm -hmm. Right. Or yeah. I wanted to forget, or I wanted to not think about the, the things I was a part of or doing um, at those different times uh, in my life. Mm -hmm. I just remember, I remember a lot about being free from that. And then, but, you know, from that, the floodgates opened up, mm -hmm. you know, things, things that I had not never dealt with before. Yeah. And, and I thought I had dealt with them. Right. But it, in reality, I hadn't. Yeah. You know, I think for people that, you know, either have gone through something with post-traumatic stress or an abusive childhood or some type of abuse from another human being, whether it was early on in their lives or later on in their lives, however it affects them, different people are affected differently. But I think that there's a, a spiritual segment of that that can't go unnoticed. Mm -hmm. um, I think you can take all the counseling you want and you can, you know, because I did counseling. I did counseling. I worked out routinely. I did all the self-help books, you know, and the only thing that brought me peace would be reading the Bible, prayer, and uh, those type of things. I mean, that's the only things that would bring me lasting change. Yeah. And that doesn't mean that I, that doesn't mean that I haven't struggled with my flesh or that I haven't had a bad dream or, but it's not like it was before. Mm-hmm. You know, there, there has never been a time and I've been we've, between my wife and I and myself, I've been pretty stressed out uh, at times financially, how I'm going to provide for my family and I would still get sleep. Yeah. You know what I mean? Or I wouldn't go drink yeah. or I wouldn't go, you know, feel the need to go do drugs or, you know, whatever the case may be. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yep. So, and I'm not, like I said, I'm not saying that you're not going to struggle with things in your past once you do a prayer session like this. But I think that there, if you allow it to happen and you allow God to, to give God that authority in your life, he's going to give you that peace, mm -hmm. you know? And, and I think that comes into every area of life. And I think in a lot of ways we keep our flesh from giving God that authority in our lives. Mm -hmm. So um, what would you say, like, were the immediate, like, response from this? What were the immediate effects of this after we prayed through things? I think the immediate effect was I had a peace that I could go to sleep. Yeah. I, I think that this, this huge void that was kind of like, um, it was kind of like a dam, you know, and all of this stuff just was pounding against the dam. And finally, this was the this was the straw that broke the camel's back in a sense um, because there were so many things in my life that were holding me back. Yeah. It was holding me back from truly being able to minister to other people. It was truly holding me back from my relationship with God and bear in mind. And I've told you this prior to our session, I would cry to God, man. Mm -hmm. Like I would cry out in prayer and reading the Bible and being ashamed of my past. And I would beg God, for not just like a couple of days. I mean, this is going on weeks and months. I was just crying out to God to take the turmoil away from me. I, I feel horrible about the things I've done. I'm not happy about them. I don't brag about them. I hardly tell anybody about them. It's not something I go around talking to people about. Yeah. And I would cry about that stuff 
all the time. Yeah. And I didn't have that sense after that. Yeah. After that. And, and, and I was sleeping. Yeah. I think I slept for like 18 hours or something like that. Mm-hmm. Uh, maybe it may have been longer than that. Cause I, I think I woke up the following day. Yeah. You missed my and, class. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah. So long-term then no, six years later, you look yep. back on that. How did you process that in that day? And then how do you process it now? Six years later. I think at the time I processed as that was freaky. I don't know how to make sense of that. I knew the miracles were real. Mm-hmm. You know, I, we talked about my back being healed when I was, when I got saved. So I knew God could do miracles. I knew those things were possible, but this was a whole different realm. I think mm-hmm. it opened me up to a whole different relationship with God where I'm like, well, I know you can do this if you want to. Mm-hmm. Right. And processing that thus going forward is, I think I dove more into scripture of looking at miracles, looking at things when it's, when it said things like um, words like peace, words like um, humility. Uh, They, they just, they had a different connotation to them. They had a different definition for me at that time, Mm -hmm. because then going forward, I always had something to refer back to in reference to, Oh man, I'm free of this. Now Mm -hmm. I'm free of this huge burden that's been laid off of me. Mm -hmm. And I'm not the same person I was not even two years ago, let alone six years ago. Yeah. Right. Because I've been able to continue to look back at things in my past and being able to relate to people that I meet mm-hmm. and saying, Hey man, there is peace that you can have. Yeah. You just have to decide to give it to God. And now I, God used you in my life because keep in mind for months, I had been crying out to God. Mm-hmm. Right. And so God was probably like, Hey dude, you've been reading this verse for God knows how many times. Right. Mm -hmm. But he finally put me in John class with you. And, and I don't think John class was the only class that we did together. I think I did other classes with Mm -hmm. you too, but I think what was so cool about the whole uh, discipleship that you and I were doing or mentoring or whatever you want to call it was that God used you to be able to, for me to be able to trust an older brother in the Lord to help me. And, and I think going forward, being able to look back at that and being open enough, I think, to allow myself to let that burden off by being able to walk through that. Because if you're not willing, in my opinion, if you're not willing to at least close your eyes and open yourself up to thinking like that or being open enough to see that, then yeah, why would God show up? Mm-hmm. If you don't have the faith that it's going to happen, well, why would it? Yeah. Right. It's not, it's not to say that, you know, having faith to move mountains is somehow not true, but it's also to state that, well, yeah, you you know, God's going to do what he wants to do, but at the same time, he's telling you and promised you in the Bible that he'll show up. Mm -hmm. Right. And, And it's going to be in his timing. But for example, I just couldn't get there without the help of somebody else mm-hmm. at the time. I just couldn't get there by myself. Yeah. It just wasn't possible where I was and what I had been through and all, I just had no conceptual understanding of any of that. We'll be hearing more from Michael in this interview next week. As you think about the story, just put yourself in our position. This is one of our first prayer sessions together as a couple. And we've just come out of this Q and a and then suddenly we find ourselves face to face with 
a demon, either symbolic, figurative, or quite literal, maybe maybe both. So Jen, what did you think about this night as we prayed through things with Michael? I think it took some things that I thought were scary and really helped me to see that God can take him to a peaceful place and kind of resolve it quickly. So I think this was the first time seeing like a, a demonic guard demolished like right in front of us as we prayed through things with him. And uh, it just seemed like he was walking through this dream. And there's just some there's just some sessions that you meet with people where you just know, you just know this is going to be significant. This is really yeah. going to change something in this person's life because God just seems so powerful in him right at that moment. Yeah, I felt that too. And while later in this podcast, we'll go into more detail concerning spiritual warfare. For now, we'll let you consider, was the demon that we dealt with literal, figurative, perhaps both? Whatever it was, it was something scary that was guarding Michael's heart. But with the confidence that he had with Jesus by his side, he could deal with that which he ran from his entire life. Next week, we'll share part two of this interview, where we discuss a follow-up prayer session with Michael, where we prayed through a specific time where he was inappropriately touched as a child. Thank you for joining us on our unquenchable journey. We'll see you next week. Did you know that we often lead listening and inner healing prayer retreats and trainings? Who do you know that would benefit from these? Check us out at praythroughit.com slash events to see when we are going to be in your area. And if you don't see what you're looking for, email Don at drlove at praythroughit.com to discuss how we can minister to your family and friends. Unquenchable is a ministry of Pray Through It Ministries. To learn more about us and our ministry, check us out at praythroughit.com.